The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. It's uh, five and a half minutes past eight. Good evening and welcome to your Thursday edition of The Viewpoint here on SAFM. We're leading the conversation on 104 to 107 FM nationwide. My name is Bongi Kuala. I'm standing in for Songezo Mabekta tonight. You'll hear Songezo tomorrow, bright and early, by the way, 6 to 9 on SFM Sunrise. Welcome uh, to those that are meeting for the first time. I hope you enjoy our company. Uh, to our regulars, we welcome you as well. No reshuffling yet here on SFM, I might add. It's just a temporary convenience, so to speak. All right, so um, what a terrible way to start a tournament for the Proteas out in England. Uh, they were bad, both with the ball and the bat. Uh, they just need to put this behind them quickly and uh, start and prepare for a tricky Bangladesh uh, match on Sunday. Uh, look at the table. We are already at the bottom of the table. It's not looking nice indeed. Arsenal, what a flop last night. Uh, the less we say about them, the better. Oh, okay, back to reality. The Freedom Front Plus is accusing Patricia DeLille of selling out the coloured vote by joining the administration of President Cyril Ramaphosa. DeLille is the new Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure. How so, I'm asking? I mean, I'm trying to understand what does this statement mean and why now? Why not when uh, Patricia DeLille was still at the DA? Because I don't remember this question being asked when uh, she was there. But do you agree with the Freedom Front Plus? Uh, the member of um, the Western Cape Legislature who made this statement is uh, Peter uh, Peter Marais, who says that, that uh, DeLille has broken the trust of her voters by accepting the cabinet position. I mean, really? We've seen it before. It has happened. The government of national unity was there. I know it was there for a particular reason. Uh, it was uh, during transition. It had to happen. It had to end as well. But uh, the, the the president has the prerogative to choose whomever he wishes to, you know, to choose uh, it, to to his uh, cabinet. And this time around, he felt that Patricia Dill uh, will make good on the promises that. Um, he has made to the people of South Africa. What do you make of this? I'd love to hear from you. And somebody is saying to the EFF, are you going to pay former Minister Trevor Manuel 500,000 rand for defamatory and false statement you made about him as ordered by the Gauteng High Court whilst waiting for the process of your appeal? Uh, and, uh, and, and of course, then whilst waiting for that, are you going to pay him so if you're not going to do that then why do you want Pravin Gordon not to be appointed as cabinet minister because the public protector has made a founding uh, or a finding let me put it that way a finding against him he's appealing that uh, that finding so his life should come to a standstill whilst waiting for the appeal but yours must continue whilst you're waiting for your appeal. If you say he mustn't be appointed a cabinet minister, then you must pay the 500,000 rand whilst you're waiting for the appeal. 
You get where this is going. Very interesting indeed. We'll take your calls on 0891-104-207, voice notes 0614-104-107, at SAFM Radio, at Kuala B News, and uh, hashtag, uh, what's the hashtag? Hashtag The Viewpoint, yes, hashtag The, the Viewpoint. The clock is ticking for the 94th edition of the Comrades Marathon. The greatest test of endurance for thousands of runners. 2019 brings you an uprun from the Durban City Hall and the finish line is 12 hours later at the Scottsville Racecourse in Peter Maritzburg, covering a distance of approximately 87 kilometers. Individual journeys are different, but the collective destination is the same. 2017 and 2018 back-to-back champion Bongumu Samtembu is on a mission for a record three titles in a row. He smiles, he waves, and he's done this twice before, back to back victories for Bongmusa Ntembo, his second... Don't miss out on the ultimate human race, the Comrades Marathon, on Sunday the 9th of June at 5am on SABC2. And report on your favourite SABC radio station. Sizongoba! Together we triumph. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sport for the love of the game. SABC3 brings you Season 32 of Survivor Kaurong. This season features players divided into three tribes of six based on dominant attributes brains, brawn, and beauty. It is known as the most punishing season of Survivor due to the record-breaking number of medical evacuations. Do not miss it. SABC3, Monday evenings at 7.30pm from the 13th of May. SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10pm. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. 11 past 8. This is the viewpoint here on SAFM 104 to 107. Right now, we're in conversation with uh, Tandi Modise, uh, currently uh, the Speaker of the National Assembly of South Africa. You'll remember her. She served as the chairperson of the National Council of Provinces from 2014 until just a few days ago. What lies ahead for you, for her in the sixth parliament? She joins us on the line. Ma'am uh, Modise, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, actually. I'm lost. I don't know where. Good evening. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you very much. Uh, it's new to me to be on radio at this time of uh, the night, but uh, look, let's try and see how it goes. So you are making a short trip from being the chairperson of the National Council of Provinces to the Speaker of the National Assembly. We will get into the roles of these two institutions of Parliament shortly, uh, but is it a natural move, even a natu- natural progression for you? Well, technically speaking, the chairperson of the National Council of Provinces and the Speaker of the National Assembly are the two heads of Parliament. Um, but I suspect that uh, in 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 the, our minds, because the National Assembly is different in the sense that they elect the president, they can remove a president, they are bigger in numbers. They are directly elected by the populace. The Council of Provinces on the All right, we're going to have to redial uh, the Speaker of the National Assembly, Ms. Tandi Madisa, right here on SAFM 104-107. And, uh, of course, we're together till 10 o'clock tonight. The Viewpoint, courtesy of me, Bongikwala, in for Songezuma Betre tonight, who will join you, by the way, between 6 and 9 in the morning. Ooh, I don't envy him 
getting up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning sometimes. It's just too heavy. Uh, so she's back on the line, uh, the Speaker of the National Assembly, order uh, to the telephone uh, for misbehaving. So you were still, um, you know, making a point about uh, the, the numbers that go with the National Assembly, but also the role of the National Council of Provinces. Yes, and I was saying that um, the two houses are very different, but equally important. So, yes, it is going to be a challenge to move from the one house into the other. Not so much of a challenge. Please remember that in 1994, I started off as a 34-year-old MP, and I spent 10 years there before I went to the Northwest as a provincial legislature speaker. So for me, it is uh, almost doing a full circle. Yeah. So is it something that you thought about that uh, if a call was made, you will be um, ready for the job or you had to think long and hard about it? It is something which I would say from 1996 I prepared for. From 1996, I crisscrossed the world studying the methods of holding the executive to account studying oversight and, in fact, even writing papers on it. Um, becoming the Northwest Provincial Legislature Speaker was uh, another a challenge, which and I think that I, I may have performed well there. So it is not something which I hesitated when I was called to accept. And, and you're making a very important point about uh, holding the executive to account and, and separation of powers. Very, very important. We'll come to that just now. I want okay. us to take you back, uh, you know, just for a while, because our life journey sometimes, you know, prepares us for the future. When, uh, when the country was burning in 1976, you decided enough. I have to go out and take up arms and fight for this country. You joined the ANC underground in Angola and trained there. Talk to us about uh, those years, 1976, right up to 1979, when you became the first woman uh, to be arrested, to be jailed for MK activities. How that then prepared you for where you are today? But firstly, just that journey in your life. Well, in 1976 matriculants, we marched, all of us marched initially in support of the deaths of fellow school children in Soweto. You remember the marches spread across, and all of us had issues with the force enforced Africans as a medium of instruction. But for some of us, it went further. It was about fighting for citizenship of our own country. And we decided to fight. We left the country. We joined Mkondo Wesizu. And what was important for me in my life in joining Mkondo Wesizu was that, firstly, that action helped politicizing. Because in 1976, I was just a student who was angry about the situation. Mm. In joining Mkondo Wesizu, I then began a journey in politics where I was taught the different systems, the why, what for, what do you do. In joining Mkondo Esizo, I learned to be disciplined. I learned patience. I learned to endure. I learned never to give up. I learned that in every little battle is not the end of the war. And therefore, for me, those lessons 
the understandings of the social dynamics, the understanding and the giving of yourself on, for your people was very important. Uh, the understanding that a, a nation is very diverse, cultures of people must be respected, each and every little voice must be given a chance to express itself, that was important for me. And that prepared me to lead in politics and to be led in politics. How important is it to allow yourself to be led in politics, in society, in institutions that we work in? How, how critical is it to just allow yourself, uh, you know, for somebody else to be in front of you and say, this is the direction? Look, if you are not prepared to be led, you cannot lead. If you cannot take instructions, how can you expect that your own instructions will be taken? If you are not prepared to serve, how do you expect to lead by example? Because in leading, you must be able to do as you say. And most of the time, we get into positions and we think that it is about us. It is not. And that is the fundamental lesson I learned in Mkonto that whatever decisions, whatever steps we took, it was because there was a cause which was worth fighting for and worth dying for. And that cause had to do with improving the lives of South Africans. It had to do with ensuring that black South Africans in particular came up and Africans in particular, and as a young girl, women in particular, began to see themselves as equals in society. So it is important to have the patience to understand the dynamics, to listen, to hear what other people are saying, and not just always to hear yourself. Because if you're only used to leading, you become deaf to all the other voices. So sometimes, it is better to shut up and to listen. Are, are you getting a sense that today's young people, I'm, I'm talking about young people in particular who are in leadership positions, because you're a young person, a young woman, when you learned that at times you need to allow yourself to be led as a young person. So do you get a sense then that many young people today, or just some young people who have the some level of authority and power are not allowing themselves that space to listen to other voices to be led to be corrected even and and they play in the in the public space some of them or you find that we are mature, maturing fast as a, as a nation so even our young people who are in those positions are learning fast that they need to hear other voices i think young people are young people in whichever generation, we were impatient. Mm. When we got into exile, we challenged our leaders. We didn't think they actually realized the seriousness of the struggle on the, in the streets of Soweto and Freiburg and all the towns. We were so impatient that at some point there was almost a revolt amongst us, the June 16th group. And the patience which you endure, because it is enduring in the first six months when you get into any military setup. They teach you to take instructions. They teach you that much and drill. 
teaches you discipline. It is to force you to consider, to force you to sometimes have a routine that teaches you to listen better and to hear better. And I think that what we did then is what our young people are doing now. Mm. That patience which our leaders then had to mentor some of us is the patience we must have to mentor the youth of today. They are faster than us. Um, We grew up with absolutely no technology. They are uh, technocrats. They understand all these things. So what we need to do either as adults and the youth is to adjust our paces. But it is also never to forget that whatever position you hold, respect and values and principles are what will make us good leaders. Let's come back now to to the Parliament of the Republic of South Africa. What are the roles of these two houses, the National Council of Provinces and the National Assembly, especially in the administration and, and administration and, and strengthening of our democracy? Both the two houses represent the people. We are directly elected people from the electorate of South Africa to represent their views and their aspirations. We have a responsibility to raise things which come from every corner of South Africa to bring it up to the fore. In those committees which the National Assembly and the Council of Provinces establishes, we are supposed to ask any question, anyhow, on behalf of South Africans. We are supposed to represent all views of South Africans, whether we like them or not sometimes, simply because the South African people think it is important to ask for those questions. Now, the two houses are not similar. The National Council of Provinces, as I said, is not directly elected. Mm. The members come from different parties in the provinces. They are selected, but they are endorsed and seconded by the different provincial legislatures. These members have a responsibility to bring up the provincial interest issues at a national platform. These members must at all points remember that the provincial interest is what has brought them at the national parliament and not, uh, as we sometimes emphasize, the party colors. So it is important to always make that distinction. The second distinction is that The National Council of Provinces has a role which the National Assembly does not have. It brings together the different spheres of government under one roof. You've got uh, the executive who might come from the National Assembly into the National Council of Provinces to be held accountable. Mm. You have local government represented there. They've got 10 permanent seats. They can do everything except vote. And then you've got the permanent members of the uh, NCOP, which are six per province. But you also have four special delegates at any sitting who can come in and bring fresh and direct views from their provinces. So you, you've got a good, good uh, leg of intergovernmental relations which can be 
spearheaded and be, uh, uh, and be sponsored by the National Council of Provinces. The National Assembly must represent us in our own constituencies. It must uh, uh, ensure that it carries the burden of public education as well as um, public participation to ensure that whatever legislation, policy or regulations comes out actually represents what our diversity is all about. So Parliament is about legislation, is about law, it's about lawmakers. That's where policies are, are designed and made and so on and so on. But it's also about human relations. It is about integration. Mm. It is about that first part of the, of the, of the, of the preamble, we the people. Because so, if Parliament does not take itself seriously, we will not heal the nation. Very important that. But uh, let, let's talk about then your views w- when it comes to lawmaking capacity in, in South Africa and, and law, lawmakers themselves in, in terms of the depth of understanding of the law, of the policy formulation processes, of understanding the needs of the people and interpreting those needs in their deliberations when it comes to making legislation and making law. Where are we with that? I think we have come a long way since 1994. I think when you look, firstly, when you look at the caliber of the new MPs, they are younger. Um, The education levels are improving. The parliament has been able to settle in. We already know what to do when we want public hearings to come out. We know the different ways of reaching our constituencies. We have a way of testing the public views as parliament. We've got access to a channel in, on TV. We have access to radio where the public can talk at any time to us. We have moved to a place where we even have Twitter accounts as the two houses. Now, that makes Parliament more accessible to people. We listen better. We have access to a big group of people who are responsible in Parliament for public education. But we also have a responsibility to go out and to listen to people. And that is why the NCOP becomes the most important house in the sense that it has a, that um, program taking parliament to the people, which actually drills down, it goes down to the people, it listens to the people. It does not dismiss any complaint or any issue or any advice that comes out. It captures it, it brings it up into parliament and into the executive. It follows up on behalf of the people. And when it gets stuck, it reports straight back to the head of state to say, now hear this, Mr. President, we have done this and this and this, and your ministers are not waiting here and here and here. So it is very powerful in the sense that your executive, whether they are in the municipalities or in the provinces or at the national sphere, begin to respect the fact that, in fact, if they don't take the NCOP seriously, they are compromising their own futures in the executive. Has, has our democracy matured enough, though? I'm not talking about just holding frequent free and fair elections, but translating that to fundamentally change the, 
the structural setup of uh, our economy, for instance, to create jobs, to get our people out of uh, poverty, to, to bridge the inequality gap. You will need, you know, the state to, to, to assist that. You need the, a, a mature democracy also to do that. How, how far are we? Looking at what we see right now, I mean, the huge numbers of unemployment, 27.6%, that is huge. And uh, the big chunk of that is young people. And and, and you look at uh, the, the, the structure of our economy. Is our democracy strong enough to be able to, to push back all the frontiers of uh, uh, that are creating ills and social ills in our society? Our democracy, I think, is still young. It is maturing. It is maturing in the sense that it listens to its people. It um, has a responsibility to give advice and recommendations to the executive. It looks at what other countries are doing, because part of the, the, the work of parliament is to represent South Africa at other legislative forums. We do do studies and look at how other people are dealing, for instance, with the challenges of poverty and unemployment and inequality. And therefore, we are able to ask the right question, why is our economic uh, sluggish? What can we do to stimulate? How much do we need to ensure that uh, that stimulus works? What do we do? What can we recommend the government to cut in order to make sure that certain things happen, which cannot happen if we just don't do anything? So uh, Parliament has a responsibility to do that. But sometimes, and I'm hoping that in 10, 20 years from now, we will have matured in such a way that your ordinary member of Parliament will not hesitate to stand up, and to, without fear of favor, speak up on behalf of the constituency he or she serves. Because I am hoping that as we mature, China, South African women, we will not need a party like the ANC to carry the burden of bringing women into the legislative sector, into decision-making. Because without this vehicle and this electoral system that we have, you will not be able... To, and I'm using the word very advisedly, interfere in such a way that the previously disadvantaged gets a little push forward to be more equal, to have a little bit more say, to express themselves more freely, to move where they want to move. Now, without those little things, our, our, our democracy will take a little longer to mature. But what can we do as parliamentarians about the economy? We can, we can, we can egg on the government, invest more in this, make sure that you create better opportunities for people to create wealth. It was the, the NCOP at a particular point which said, let us relook at the policy of the RDP. Mm. How do you use that free house, which is a basic necessity for a black household to have a roof. But can you allow it after some time to use that roof to create wealth for itself and for its future generations? And therefore, if you allow a system like that to mature, and if you ensure that 
every five years, the crop of your MPs improves better than the, the, the pioneers into democracy, then ultimately we will say that we have matured and we are able to deal with all the ills that we have in our society. Of course, we're in conversation with uh, Tandi Modise, who is uh, the new Speaker of the National Assembly today. Uh, we're looking at uh, the role that lies ahead for her, the challenges, of course. And you know that, uh, you know, since 2014, Parliament kind of like the decorum changed in Parliament somewhat. And, uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> the red overalls and berets brought brought about some 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 excitement at times people people claim that uh, they 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 brought some hooliganism uh, but others feel that you know the, the parliament needed needed all that okay uh, talking about red overalls by the way julius malema the uh, commander in chief and the leader of uh, the, uh, the the eff economic freedom fighters congratulated you on uh, your uh, appointment let's take a listen to that I want to take this opportunity to congratulate Mbogoto Mkontowe Sizwe Tandimudise, the militant and uncompromising woman who led from the front when it was not fashionable to do so. Here the ANC has managed to deploy a trusted force of our people. And for that, we congratulate you. We hope we'll work together, Metandi. There will be heated moments. There will be a robust debate. You should never degenerate and be partisan when the House degenerates. You should remain a speaker and be a speaker of all of us. Because if you degenerate, you'll never get this House in order. Always know that you might be coming from a particular political party, but sitting up there, you now preside over all of us. We are all your children, and you must not discriminate us. Treat us equally with respect. We'll return the favor. Once we feel targeted and neglected and rejected, we shall show you the other side of us. So if we all treat each other with respect, we have nothing to worry about. We grew under your leadership, and we know when we see you, we see Winnie Mandela in action. And we are happy that you are not part of the people who once denounced and disowned Winnie Mandela. You stood with her when it was not fashionable to do so. That's why you are a dependable force of our people. Let's say Julius Malema, the president of the Economic Freedom Fighters. Of course, he's making a very important point here uh, that you are firm, you are strong, and uh, guerrilla, and so on and so on. That is respected. But in, in Parliament, you need to remain impartial. You need to remain nonpartisan as the Speaker because you're the Speaker of the House, not the Speaker of the party that you represent. That is very important. Uh, let's start with that, and but uh, broadly maybe talk about your, your, your nuggets that you take away from what Malema has said. I think he is correct that um, the Speaker or any person who sits on the chair to preside over the House is required to be as unbiased, as impartial as possible. Because indeed, when you preside, you preside over the whole House. 
And that is a promise I mean to keep, to be as impartial as I can. And of course, there will be heated moments. There will be time when we don't agree. But when we don't agree, we must not be personal. We must not be petty. We must look at those points in the debate that we don't agree with. Because the decorum of the house will be maintained. The right of every member of the house, irrespective of their party colors, shall be respected. Because I keep on insisting that it is not this member so much as the constituency that this member represents. Those South Africans I will respect, and those South Africans, every presiding officer of the parliament of South Africa must respect. Because those views we must hear. It does not matter how uncomfortable we are. It does not matter how we differ. But we've got to be able as politicians to deal with matters we disagree on in a way in which South Africans can say we are diverse, but we have an interest to grow South Africa together. Let me take your calls on 0891-104-207. We're in conversation with uh, Ms. Tandi Modise, who is uh, the new Speaker of the National Assembly. And, uh, of course, I would love to hear from you on 0891-104-207. This is the viewpoint right here on SFM 104-107. We are leading the conversation right there. So you you highlighted the issue of... uh, holding the executive accountable that is very very important but perhaps let me let me ask it this way do, do you think as we move with our democracy perhaps it's not time now to review our electoral system to ensure that the electorate you know the ordinary south africans are able to hold individuals accountable, individuals who would have come from their constituency directly and hold them accountable and give them a mandate and say, go and represent our views in this particular way and not hide behind a political party and a collective? I think that that time will come. I think that time has been creeping on us. If you remember what the electorate said to my party, the ANC, it said, If you do not do this and this and that, we shall withhold our vote. And they further said to us at a particular point, we shall not vote for anybody because we love this party, but these are our conditions. Now, our system as it stands protects those who might not make it, opens the door for those who would not have the resources to run, an election campaign on their own, but importantly, has enabled South African women to step in, has enabled people with disabilities, the rural people who might never have had a voice, to step in and and represent their own constituency. And it is important for us to say that this system, not 100% as we might think, has actually given us the quality of democracy that we have for now. And I think that maybe, as I said, 10, 20 years from now, South Africa might shift and move to where they can directly, as we do at local government, elect the face we know. 
But that time is not yet here. And as, as long as it is not yet here, we, I think, South African women will milk the current electoral system to ensure that as many women and now as many young people emerge into the, the political scene to take forward not only their personal interest, but the diversity of South Africans up. But yes, I think a time will come when the review of the electoral system will come. I'll take your calls on 0891-104-207 in conversation with Mayor Tandi Modise, the Speaker of the National Assembly. Have you ever thought about organ donation? Only 1 in 10 South Africans waiting on transplant lists will receive the gift of life from a donor. Catch 1,000 Lives on SABC2 every Saturday at 6 p.m. Featuring authentic and heart-wrenching stories of donors and their recipients. Brought to you by SABC Education. Enriching minds, enriching lives. Great sporting stories are told on SABC Sport. This Saturday, Johan Fabry, former South African middle distance athlete and dog squad athletics group coach, occupies the hero's chair on playing for the coach at 1.30pm on SABC One. At 3pm on Laduma, Marisberg United hunts for just a point after two victories to return to the PSL, while Chakuma FC search for their second win. Extreme fighting championship fighters get into the hexagon at 8pm on SABC Three. SABC Sport for the love of the game. Millions of children around the world are taken from their families due to various negative circumstances, be it substance abuse, child neglect, trafficking or abandonment. Trauma of this nature leaves a scar that could last a lifetime. World Foster Day on 31 May is about writing a new story. Join this movement by taking part in their happy family social media campaign. Visit worldfosterday.org or catch us on social media. Hashtag worldfosterday. This is a SABC Foundation-supported initiative. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Call Bonke now on 0891-104-207. And we go to Eddie Twabalago Odendalsras. Hi, Eddie. Good evening. Hi, my brother. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Go for it. You know, when I heard your voice, I thought it's already Friday morning. <laughs> I'll be going home. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, it's still evening, Thursday. No, yeah, no, I was surprised to, to hear your voice at this time. Yeah, no, um, we had to swap sometimes, you know. Yes, now let me just pass my greetings to, and also my, my congratulations to the Honourable Speaker. And uh, I just hope that uh, this time around um, things will be okay. You know, Malema Julius just, uh, I mean, said... <laughs> She wonders whether she'll be able to handle more troops who are coming to, to, to Parliament. I just want to get the answer to that. Then they say you are a seasoned cadre of the movement, and um, I want to say to you, congratulations and all of the best. And uh, while we wait for the reform in terms of our electoral system, I'm happy that my ANC has come up with the integra- uh, integrity committee, but one would expect more that this integrity committee must also have more powers. Um, yeah, while we wait for that electoral system, let's also make sure that uh, the party also has its own ways of dealing with delinquents. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Eddie Twabalago, Odendalsras. Roderick in Cape Town. Hi, Roderick. 
Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. You know, there's only one thing I can't understand. How can you build a nation? I've also watched the many times these uh, debates that I also had in, in, the parla- in Poland. Mm. To me, it's so one-sided. You know, we are South Africans. But you see just a certain color of people in uh, in all these posts and all that uh, they, they, they choose, choose people. You are colored people, you are white people, you are Indians, but you only see the majority of the people that is ministers and all that. It's all black. And, and it's not only the black who fought for this country. It was everybody that fought for this country. So I, uh, I, I, I don't agree with that. And by many times the debates... It's only one side to a certain party, the ruling party, and many times the speaker is also from the ruling party, and and I don't understand that because we are we doing exactly the same like the like the white uh, apartheid government did. We just put black people in positions and we forget about the other race there. We are South Africans. We must build a nation together. You can't just uh, 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 put the, the black people there in leadership position and where there are also capable people of color that can also do the same job. So I don't understand. I really, I don't understand South Africa. We will never get right in that way because we uh, it can't be just but one I'm, I'm just quickly reminded, Roderick, uh, Rod, that uh, just un- until recently, I mean, you had uh, Dr. Rob Davies, for instance, at Trade and Industry. You had Derek Anacom at, uh, at uh, Tourism. It, it, is it not reflective, of, though, of the demographic of South Africa? Yeah, but... but, but uh, they were getting out of Africa, but uh, look what they what, what they said here in Cape Town the last last time. The colored people are the most people here, but you still you still find in the colored areas the people that get the jobs mostly is black people. Got you. You know, and it's can wrong. I, can I come in? Uh, please, please, ma'am. ma'am I, I think that um, one of the fundamentals that Roderick is missing is that in the past that black majority had no voice. Appeared nowhere, but in the kitchens and in the gardens. The colored people were the second layer. The Indian people were the third layer, and the first layer was white. Now, since the end of the struggle and those days folding into the first democratic parliament, you have actually a representative voice from all the people of South Africa. When in 1994 we moved in and came up with programs like affirmative actions and so on and so forth, it was the other people who said those are discriminatory. Mm. Now, any time you want to affirm those who were left out, you will have a voice of someone saying, but you're taking away from me. We have a constitution which says we are all equal under the sun inside South Africa. And that, I think, is the building block we must cling onto. That the majority of the people who sit in those benches appear to be black does not actually mean that there is a law that says only black people must get into parliament or only black people must get into company X. Because that is exactly why we keep on saying, bring a diversity of the South Africans into the playing field. Diversify your economy, 
decentralize certain decisions, make sure that every corner of the people, the people can have a say. But, but uh, Roderick now, is raising a very important point, uh, Memdisa, here. Are we not then reversing uh, the situation right now? But you know, by but just look at look at the ANC MPs, for instance, all two hundred and thirty of them. At some point, there were two hundred and sixty, and so on and so on. And look at how the demographic is represented there. It is very skewed towards the black community. It is, is it very not? skewed because South Africans, each one of them, has the right to belong to any party they choose. It is that person who is in the party, whether it is in the EFF or the ANC, who will then determine who represents them in parliament. Mm. It is wrong for us to look at the people who represent the people out there to say that because they are majorly black, they will only represent a black interest. We in the ANC would be very stupid to go that road. Because we know the pain of being excluded from decision-making, from economic activities, from political activity. And therefore, under the guard of most of those parties that are there, we will always try to strive for an inclusive growth of all the cultures and the languages of South Africans. And therefore, I want to say that it should be a matter which challenges each and every citizen and resident of South Africa to say, what is my personal contribution to ensure that South Africa changes for the best and remains the best? The best means representative. Now, people say that if you start talking about representativity, you are actually talking color. Mm. We know. We are talking about also addressing those bad things which happened to people in the past. You cannot say that the black pain is something that you must throw under the bed and then it is done. But we cannot, as we heal the black pain, cause the white, the colored, and the Indian pain. What we need to do is grow a country that is humble, that is friendly, that can sing together, love together, pray together, and do all those things so that we never, ever go back. KG in Bloemfontein. Hi. Firstly, let me congratulate the Honorable Speaker. Number two, I just want to say our country came almost on the brink of collapse. And my feeling is it was primarily because of the lack of uh, competence on the part of the previous Speaker and the whole Parliament as a whole to do what it was man- uh, constitutionally mandated to do, which is to hold our executive uh, accountable. Mm. So basically to say, uh, you carry the hopes, the dreams and aspirations of a lot of South Africans. We cannot afford not to get it right this time. And lastly, just to pose a question to establish, that is the SG of the ANC has said, you are not sent there to parliament by your conscience. You were sent by the ANC. Uh, what, what, what guarantee or at least a sense of assure, assurance can you give to us, the public, to say uh, uh, when you took the oath, you were, you were understanding exactly what you were, do, you were doing and what the oath means and what it means to be uh, faithful and obedient to the Constitution and to the Constitution of the Republic only? Yeah. Thank you very much. Good question, KG. Uh, and Mashobane in Peter Maritzberg? Yes, I'm going to say, well, and to Mama Motisa as well. 
Congratulations to you, Madam Speaker, on your new job. Mr. Gwala, I just want to check you with uh, Umam Otise. Sure, go uh, for it, Mr. Uh, to the cabinet that Mr. Ramaphosa has just appointed, how many of those uh, have uh, passed this integrity committee? Because from my knowledge, some of them, uh, even including Mr. Ramaphosa himself, I think he's got... Uh, a huge cloud hanging over himself. And I'm talking about this because there are people who have recused themselves from entering the parliament, this uh, sixth parliament. People like uh, Kikaba. And Mr. Ramaphosa has got uh, a cloud hanging over himself because uh, the Bosasa issue is not completed yet. I think he should have recused himself. And uh, Madam Speaker is talking about the electoral reform. Now, me personally, Mr. Guala, I think the first thing first is this constitution that should be reformed or abolished. And South Africa should adapt a new constitution because this constitution is the constitution that is keeping a black child from moving forward. A lot of things let people are stuck. Yeah. They can't pro- progress in life because of this constitution. I thank you. We thank you very much, Mashaban, and Peter Marisbeck. Mamudise, we were always going to come to the ANC and looking at, uh, you know, uh, the shenanigans at times that go on at the ANC, the factions that are there right now, and and mm-hmm. uh, the issue of uh, the the Integrity Commission if it has uh, teeth, uh, and uh, it, or it was just a whitewash the exercise that they embarked upon, for instance, in the past couple of days, and and also what uh, a, the SG of uh, the 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 the, 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 the governing party, your party said to you that, look, this in, and, and to every other member, of course, that you sent to parliament uh, by the party. So you represent the views and the aspirations of the party. Just uh, knit it all together for us, please. I think that we, we should say that um, parties have their manifestos and they win elections under their colors. They compile their lists and they send their people there. But we make a distinction between the presiding officers because once you get there and you take that oath to preside over the house without bias, it must be binding on your conscience. And if you are truly loyal to the Constitution, it must bind. I cannot praise myself, but my record stands. You can go back to my record as a provincial speaker and as the NCOP chairperson. I try to ensure that every member in the House is respected, is heard, is protected on the floor. And I cannot take it any further. Now, the issues of the Integrity Committee, the ANC has given a criteria and powers and regulations to the Integrity Committee of the ANC. It has deliberately selected amongst itself people who would be above interest in whatever government positions, people who are matured enough, people who will not be scared to tell any of us what the truth is. Now, that Integrity Committee is expected to be as honest as possible, not only to the ANC, but to South Africa. Because 
the public representatives of the ANC essentially also are public representatives who reflect what South Africa is all about. So I would not agree that it is a whitewash. I think that um, if there are matters which are before the Integrity Committee, they are at liberty to deal with them, finalize them, and come out with their report without any interference from any of us. And you will notice that most of us have not have not interfered. We are leaving the Integrity Committee to do their work. Sure. So, as also the issue of matters like Bosasa, which are still a matter in front of the commissions. Who said that government and the ANC, at the end of it all, when everything has now been tidied up, concluded, there is not going to be any action? Yeah. Where will the police and the NPA and all the prosecuting and judges and whoever be when those matters are there because they are out there in the open? The ANC has not come out to say we protect so-and-so. The ANC has said we agree to the establishment of these commissions, let them do their job, and let the law then take their course. I have 30 seconds, literally, Mehmedise. Last question. Is the ANC imploding? Are the factions in the ANC making it difficult for the, for the president to implement the new dawn? Very briefly. The president is a very, very strong, strategic man. I don't think he is a coward. I think that the ANC is not imploding. I think that in every political party, even you will find that there are different interests which now and then compete, and sometimes others get stronger than the others and then subside. That is a national, natural thing. The ANC is going through that stage, but implode, I doubt it. Thank you very much. Tandi Modise is uh, the Speaker of the National uh, Assembly and, of course, uh, Peter Mulder of the Freedom Front Plus uh, sent you this uh, message. Half the Speaker... Ek weet u is Afrikaans goed machtig. Ek ken u al seder 1994 van die Vrijheidsfront Plus wil ons vir u sê baie hartelijk geluk. Ons dink u is die rechte kandidaat. En dat u die taak as speaker van hierdie huis met gesag, met respect, met orde en weer die herstel van integriteit in die nationale vergadering sal bestuur. Baie sterkte, die achtbare Malema het na u verwijs, u was een soldaat, ek weet u was een rechte soldaat, nie mense wat maak of hulle soldaten was. U het die discipline, en ek glo en ek weet, u sal dit hand af, baie sterkte en baie geluk. Dank u. There you go, you did say thank you, so you, you understood <laughs> Yes, it was touching. <laughs> it, it was touching indeed. But but uh, very briefly, in just a few seconds, what, what was he saying there, Peter Mulder? But he was basically saying he knows that um, I speak fluent Africans, uh, that he hopes that the integrity of the house will be maintained, that we will retain respect, and that he knows that I got my discipline from being a soldier. Ah, Fantastic. We are blessed to be chatting to you. Thank you very much. Uh, all the best to you, Mehmedise, and uh, we wish you all the luck. Thank you very much. We appreciate and thank it. you for this.
Tanimidise is the Speaker of the National Assembly of the Republic of South Africa. It's uh, nine o'clock, time for the news. Krakarikos.